Developing the Leader Within is a podcast that focuses on leadership, management, and career development. We nosedive into the areas that are holding you back from your full potential. Let us begin. Welcome back to another episode of Developing the Leader Within. I am so blessed this morning to have uh, our guest that's going to be speaking about leadership and development. And we have uh, no other but uh, Matt Gagnon. Uh, and he is with us, and I am so blessed. And Matt, uh, before we get into all the real good stuff, <laughs> I want to give you an opportunity to tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, man, I appreciate it. And and again, I'm, I'm super honored to be here. Uh, I definitely like to think that I'm much more uh, than my career as a mindset coach. So I'm a family man. Uh, I'm a husband. I'm a father of a, a beautiful little boy. Uh, turned seven a few weeks ago. Uh, I call myself a bulletproof optimist. Uh, I associate myself with lions and the idea of living with a courageous heart and living a life aligned with your values, the courage it takes to live with that. I am a, a music fanatic, a vinyl junkie. I love all things pop culture. And, uh, you know, I just, uh, I enjoy great conversations with people and kind of dancing between different perspectives. I don't live in either one of the extremes on views of things. I go into conversations willing to be wrong. Um, and uh, I love building relationships, man. I also, uh, I got a thing for superheroes. My son does too. That's why I kind of have this Wolverine look going on right now. It's going away soon. So it's, <laughs> it's been a, it's been a fun, uh, it's been a fun couple of months, man, through all this crazy stuff. Yeah, I definitely loving the, uh, the look, man. Uh, uh, it's funny. You, you mentioned lion, uh, at, at before, you know, the show, I was thinking about the similarities between you and I, my municipality, that's what they call it in Puerto Rico, uh, yeah. of Ponce, which is the South uh, municipality, uh, their mascot is a lion. So I have yeah. lions everywhere. Here in my yeah, man. Uh, but uh, but I, I love the leading with the courageous heart because, you know, from a faith standpoint, you know, mm -hmm. it reminds me of David uh, and, and, and so many different pivotal leaders uh, on the biblical standpoint that yep. require that. And leadership requires a courageous heart. And that's just it. Right. Um, so well, that's that's I, where that comes from, though, yeah. too, is there's this the scripture that I really live by. And I was turned on to it several years ago, about five years ago, first Samuel 1748. And it's a, a very, very basic scripture. It just says, in essence, David ran towards Goliath. And it's probably one of the most powerful images I've, you know, in my mind, because who runs towards this like, you know, nine, 11 foot tall giant with just a few stones in his hands and no fans on either side of the field. You know, and he just does it with this courageous heart for God. He just runs towards it. And it's this, this message to me and the people I work with about what giants are in your life that you should be running towards instead of retreating. So very powerful message for me. And I, and I definitely have to look in the mirror sometimes and ask myself, you know, am I David today or am I Goliath? And so sometimes, you know, I am my own Goliath. And so it's, it's a perspective that I always have to get really honest with myself on. 
Yeah, I, I love that. Uh, and, and I know it full well, you know, to, uh, almost three years ago, I had to face a giant. Uh, yeah. and, and, and believe me, it, it was either run to it, uh, you know, to, to attack it or run from it and still be suffering, right? So I understand right that full well. Um, <clears throat> and uh, so today, we're going to be talking about leadership and development, something that's near and dear to both of us. Um, and, you know, to, to start getting people to develop, you have to get them to actually realize where they need development, right? And so um, we come sometimes to, uh, to that point and we don't know where to go. Um, what would you say is the key to really understanding where you go from there? How do, how do, you, how do you do that? Uh, is it something that we uh, go get somebody else to see or is it something that we uh, realize ourselves? When it comes to leadership and the development piece, Right, right. Right. So, you know, one of the first points that I always focus on is, um, and, and by no means is a sales pitch, there's two different sides to this, is, is get a coach. You know, get a coach, but also in addition to your coach, surround yourself with a very trusted tribe of people in your life. And by trusted tribe, I mean like people who are willing to speak truth into you, not just yes people, not just people who are going to nod and smile at you, and give you advice and say the things you want to hear, but like people who are going to ask you the hard hitting questions, you know, people who align with your values and aren't afraid to get in, in there and dig deep, you know, with you. That's the kind of people I want in my life. But I also say hire a coach too, because they come from a completely like neutral perspective. I mean, granted they're rooting for you. They're your champion, but like, look, they, uh, they got skin in the game with you. You got skin in the game with them. They are wanting to deliver results with you. And so, you know, it's just like in athletics. You know, in baseball, if you can't hit a curveball, you work with a hitting coach. Why? Because they help you see your blind spots. You know, you can't see yourself swinging a bat. You know, you can't see yourself in the boxing ring and the punches you're missing or your technique is off. Your coach sees that. The guy in your ring sees that. So it's the same thing. I always saw it as like when life throws you curveballs, you call me. I'll help you see your blind spots. I'll call those things out. So I think just because it's accepted in sports, we also need it in life too. So you got to surround yourself with your people. Get yourself a coach, somebody that's going to help you see your blind spots because you can't expect to see that stuff on your own. You just can't. And then surround yourself with an epic group of people. Have your own board of directors for everything you do in life. Yeah, I love that, uh, and uh, specifically the the blind spot section, right? Yeah. Because these are those things that that in in my uh, in my little wheelhouse I call K factors, right? Those are the mm -hmm. those things that uh, uh, forbid you from going uh, all the way to success. They what they do is they provide success, and and, yeah. and then you got to fight through those things. Um, you you have mentioned earlier that. Uh, you are, you know, sometimes you, you find that you're your own Goliath, right? And, uh, and I, I know that full well as uh, too, because uh, we could be coaches, we could be, but we're still human, right? And so oh, yeah. there's some areas that uh, we struggle with. Uh, and, and somebody might identify it and, uh, and we go and start doing the contrary. What, what, what could you tell us about, uh, you know, when, when 
these thoughts and these uh, assumptions that we make uh, that really fight against us? What can you tell us about that? You know, that's the other thing too. If you want to find success in this world, you also need to understand what your limiting beliefs sound like. We all have this voice. We all get this voice that we're not born with, but we acquire it over the years through uh, people, well-intentioned people usually in our lives, saying things to us for our best interests about like what kind of career we should have, what success will look like, how we should dress, how we should look, the car we should have, the home we should live in, all these things, even how to dream. And then we have these other experiences about where we fail, where we get burned, where we get taken advantage of, where our heart gets shattered. All of these things start to shape and mold this voice in our head that starts to dictate what we should do. And it typically makes us smaller. And it will help you survive in life. That's its only job is to help you survive. But it's not to help you thrive. It just wants to keep a very low profile. You know, let's not be invisible, but let's not get too big. You know, let's just stay nice and safe. You know, and it holds you back. And so again, that voice never speaks up just to mess with you or have a malicious attack. It's totally different than a spiritual attack. But this voice just wants to prevent you from getting hurt and taken advantage of and really failing big time. And it is willing to put you down and say negative things to you in order to prevent you from the real pain that could happen if you move forward. So it only shows up when you're about to do epic stuff every time. Every time you're about to do something epic, I guarantee you this thing's going to speak up. Every time you're about to say something really bold about yourself and own something about yourself, it's going to speak up to try and keep you in your place. And for me, I've got that voice too. Every single human being on this planet has this voice. It all sounds a little different in our head, but the themes are the same. I'm not good enough. I don't have time. I don't have money. I don't have the education. I don't have the resources. There's some kind of theme around that. You know, and it, it always comes down to that kind of thing. And so it's built from a place of fear and brokenness. And I know mine, but the thing is, is that if you don't know what it sounds like, then you just think it's you. Like, this is just the way I think. I've always thought this way. But me, that's the same thing with your blind spots. I listen for that stuff. I listen for those little things that you say at the end of your sentences. When you say, man, I'm, I really, I think I could do great going back to school, get, uh, you know, my master's in this. But I just don't think I got the time. And I'm like, you don't hear that stuff, do you? You don't hear every time you say you're sorry for everything you say. You don't hear that stuff like, oh, anyways, and you brush off your feelings. Or the fact of the matter is all these different sayings people have. I'm like, you don't hear it. I hear that stuff. And we shut it down. I educate you on what's your limiting beliefs sound like. I have coaches in my life because I needed them to hear that stuff. I can't expect myself to always hear those things. But once you're educated, about what it sounds like, you'll hear it. You'll hear it from then on. And then once you're educated, you're empowered to do something about it. But you gotta have that trusted tribe in your life and that coach in your life to catch it when you're down. Because if you're in a bad space, if you're allowing that Goliath to have the best of you, if you're allowing that a Goliath to speak to you, you won't hear it. Because that's just the place you're living in. Your voice of limiting belief, your shadow, your saboteur, it's uncoachable, it's unreasonable. Is trying to reason like with a two-year-old or a drunk. It's just not going to work out, man. It's unreasonable. Yeah, I, I completely agree on that. Uh, those voices, if you do not learn how to identify it, 
they do become part of your communication uh, to yourself. And so uh, you mentioned owning, uh, you have the coach, right? Let's say somebody, hey, yeah, I need the coach. I'm gonna get that coach. And, right. uh, and, and that coach teaches you how to listen for these things. Uh, those are just two factors, right? In the, in the recipe of what we call success. And you mentioned owning, uh, that's a separate thing, right? You, you, you have to get to a point where you can not only get help and then learn to identify, but start making some decisions <laughs> for yourself. And so what could you tell us about ownership? Because I know it's part of success. No, absolutely. Because once you do have that understanding and you're educated and you're empowered to remove that limiting belief voice from your head, you can't get rid of it. It's always going to be there, but you just have to learn to take its power away. That's the most important thing. You got to take its power away when you hear it. Say, I don't have time for you. Don't worry about it. I've got this handled from now on. Because look, if that was a real person, I guarantee you, if you're running your own business, you wouldn't hire that person to be in your C-suite. So don't let them be in the C-suite of your life. So we got to remove those people. And once we get those people out of the way, we've also now removed these values that were defined by other people that your shadow, your saboteur side said, these are our values because other people told us that's what success looks like. We have to make a six-figure salary in order to be successful. That's what it is. You know, we got to put aside the things that we love in life because those things aren't going to make us successful. You know, so we got we to gotta put those things to a side. We can't let other people know what's going on under the surface. We can't let people see the struggle. You know, there are certain things we just can't talk about in public. You can't talk about faith publicly. People are going to judge you, think you're Bible thumping, all that stuff. You got to keep that locked down. You know, keep that private. Um, it tells you all these things. But once you are empowered to do something about this voice, then you can start to not reinvent yourself, but rediscover yourself. And remember the things that you truly value in life. And once you start to identify those things, like I did that with my coach, I do that with my clients, and figuring out like, all right, what are the things in my life that fill my cup? And it's certain activities typically. It's not just these things of like integrity and serving others. It's like these, these big activities like nature for me. Nature is a value of mine. When I'm in it, my soul comes alive. When I'm on a mountain, when I'm outside, even if it's just for a walk, even if I'm looking outside a window, some kind of form of nature takes me out of my current perspective of lack and gives me this abundance perspective. It opens me up. And when I'm in that, then all of a sudden my creativity comes alive. My ability to be present comes alive. I stop living in the past and in the future where I'm vulnerable to attack and I get right here in the present right here in the present. And that's for me in faith, that's where God lives, right here in the present. When I stray back, when I stray forward, I'm alone, I'm vulnerable to attack. Not by my saboteur, but like spiritually, you know, and that spiritual attack's different because it's malicious and it wants to harm me. It's the one that tells me, hey, come over here and come talk to me. And then when I do, it says, you're an idiot for coming over here. I'm like, what? It's confusing and it wants to hurt you. So. I have these values like nature. I have one around music. Music helps me express my emotions. When I express my emotions, I'm a better parent. I'm a better like uh, employee, a better coach because I've got all this stuff purged out of me and I'm more clear about who I am. And so you need to find these four or 
five core values. Because after that, they start to repeat themselves. But they're like these buckets, these containers. And that when you know what they are, you know how to fill them up. It's counterintuitive sometimes to honor these things. But if you do, I guarantee you, it will overflow into the rest of your life. You know, so if I uh, am having a crazy day at work and I'm hitting these roadblocks, if I take 30 minutes to hit the pause button, go outside for a quick walk, you know, or sometimes even just cancel the rest of the day, play some music, go outside, play with my family, like maybe have some time in prayer or stillness journal. It's amazing how it just hits the resets button and it's like filling your car back up with like the best sustainable burning fuel you can find. It runs clean, it runs for a long time. But here's the thing I can promise you. You don't know what your values are. You're gonna fill those tanks with stuff that doesn't belong there. Just trying to feel full and complete and joy and satisfied, but it won't work, it won't last. That's where people get in trouble with buying too much stuff. That's when they get in trouble with pornography, addiction, all these types of different things, just trying to fill those tanks. And so once you understand what your values are in life, that's when you can start aligning your life with those values, with the people you surround yourself with, with the career that you take and the way you lead people. It needs to be authentic because if you're leading from your saboteur and shadow perspective, people are gonna know something's not right. You know, it's like a, it's like a shark dressing up like a dolphin trying to lead it's just like dude just be a shark if you're a shark you know be authentic be real be true to yourself i, I love that I, as you are talking i i'm over here identifying which buckets i have and values and uh nature happens to be one i, I love to garden yeah. right? i love to be out uh the arts as well I, i'm a musician mm -hmm. i'm on a painter I, I do cartoon work i do all yeah. of that so so i agree those those values really stabilize you they provide a a, a an almost zen environment for you yeah. where you can actually flourish and so yeah a great point um so now you got the coach you you're 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 bashing those belief you know those limiting beliefs in the faith and 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 now you're you're finding your, your areas of where you can actually uh, build values that actually encourage you up. And so you get into, right. you know, into the work. And now, you know, I, I, I'm in a CEO mindset class. And the first thing they told us was, isn't it funny? You left uh, one a job where you did one thing and now you took a job that you do 20. <laughs> and mm. I was like, wow, that is so true. So, uh, and, and talking about the uh, development, right? We need to develop ourselves uh, as leaders, uh, as coaches, as mentors, uh, but there's so much to do. Uh, and so yeah. I, how, do I, how do I get to a point where, where I could actually, you know, do some good stuff? <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, it's a side of my coaching, not a lot of people, um, remember that I focus on though too, when it comes to leadership, because a lot of the stuff I do focuses on vulnerability um, in your life. But this part's just as, as big too, because there is a lot of vulnerability in this piece. It's about how to delegate and follow up with people. Most people forget about the follow up part, but a lot of people get promoted into leadership roles because they've been rock stars. 
you know, they've been just the superstar. They have gotten stuff done. They're always crushing records. You know, they're getting all the awards. But now they get promoted into a leadership role. And they're still trying to take that same thought process to be successful. It doesn't work anymore. It doesn't work anymore because you're no longer just a player. Like, you're a player coach, you know. And now what it means is you can't do the job by yourself anymore. You can try. You can really try. And you might be successful for a little while, but you will cap out. You will burn out. And you're going to annoy your team and you will experience turnover because your team's not going to feel empowered. They're not going to feel involved. They're going to feel micromanaged. And, you know, when I hear a lot of new leaders have this mentality of, Nobody can do the job right except for me. Nobody does it better than I do. I'm like, you know what? Like maybe, but nobody's ever going to help you and you're never going to get promoted from here and you're probably going to be looking for a new job down the road here pretty soon. So you have to learn how to surrender control and how to delegate tasks to your team because that's how you're going to empower them to do better jobs and also get promoted. And again, empowerment without education is dangerous. You can't just go on empowering people. Hey, you can do this, you can do that. You have to give them some direction in the beginning. So you've got to learn how to educate your teams. Find a way to flex your communication style to meet theirs. So that means you need to take the time to understand their communication style. Not by assuming, but actually having conversations with them about what communication style works best for them. Great leaders know how to flex their communication style, you know, not just by saying, well, this is how I talk. They need to, you know, they need to conform to my style. Nah, man, this is, you signed up for this. You got to learn how to meet them half, you know, where they're at too. So, but the delegating piece is so big because you want to get your team involved. You want to empower them because everyone grows together. It keeps employees engaged. It keeps turnover down. And plus, if you ever want to get promoted, when I was leading teams in my prior world, there's no way I was going to get promoted unless I had somebody trained to take over my spot. I was always training my replacement. Great leaders hire and train their replacements because you're not going to get promoted without it. And I tell my teams the same thing. If they had a, a career succession plan that we'd work out and they're like, yeah, I want to get promoted. I'm like, who's going to replace you? Well, I don't have anyone. And you're not getting promoted because I'm not going to backfill your position. You need to do that. You know, you need to have one external and one internal person ready to back you up. So great, you've delegated a task. You know, you've done it clearly. You know, you've said, all right, you know, uh, we both agreed that you're gonna be able to complete this task, this project, and I've asked you now too, I'm like, when do you think you will be able to complete that task? They're gonna give me a ballpark on it. I think I can get that done by Tuesday. You know, it's Friday. All right, perfect, by Tuesday. So on Monday, I'm going to follow up with you just to see how things are going. Does that work for you? Yes, perfect. You know what's great about that situation? The person, your, your employee, the person who reports to you has, has buy-in. They've agreed to the task. They've even told you how long they think it's going to take. They've committed to that, and they also understand that you're going to follow up with them on Monday just to see how it's going. So you can do a pulse check and make sure we're on schedule for Tuesday. Tuesday when it's done, you know, it's perfect. They say, hey, I've completed this. And then as a leader, you should just take the quick one minute sometimes 
just to inspect what you expect and follow up and make sure the task was completed as planned. Now, eventually you'll build some very strong trust and you know that they're completing stuff. But in the beginning, follow up. Because if you delegate a task and it goes wrong and you didn't follow up, that's on you. That's on you as a leader, you know, because if you're not following up, you're, you're setting yourself up for a loss, including your, you know, including your direct report. So probably one of the biggest things. It's not enough time right now to even go over all the importance of delegating and following up, but it is probably one of the most critical keys to success as a leader, once you've overcome all the, the personal things that you need to work through, it is such a huge task to be able to delegate and follow up. Yeah, that uh, I totally agree. Uh, and, and, you know, I'm one of the thought that you train your replacement in yeah. the military. That's a no brainer because guess what? In three years or less, depending on your performance, you might be out of that command or you might yeah. be finding yourself in a different position and you have to have somebody ready to go uh, because we do not have time to wait to ramp somebody up. It was funny. Yeah. I, I I came out the military. I had an opportunity like that. My, my very first uh, uh, state job and day one, I told the guy that was under me, Hey, you have a year to get ready to replace me. And yeah. Big old eyes. Like nobody has ever done that. What is going on? But that's mm -hmm. how it really should be. So we start delegating, we start doing right, and, and we start getting all these things in place where we're succeeding, you know, we're following up, which is, you know, that's, if not, that is the, the, the most important piece, making sure that, that those things do not fail, that you have delegated. Yeah. Um, but some leaders find themselves in a struggle, right? And, and, and it's a, uh, a position of, uh, you know, am I a friend or foe, right? Uh, what, what, who, what am I to, to yeah. this team? You know, how do I, how do I get them to, you know, corral around me and, and, and let's get this job done. Uh, so there's a, uh, a mistaken identity situation there of what the leader should be. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about uh, those? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you know, and, and I went through that too as a leader also because, and, and again, it's probably why I made hiring a coach and having a tribe is number one because if you're not, this is going to be a painful experience for a lot of people. And one of the biggest ones when transitioning into leadership is now that you've gone from just an all-star employee where your confidence and competence are through the roof, you know, I, I think they teach that in like success factors. They teach those different steps. But competency and confidence are sky high. Now you get promoted into leadership and you've hit the reset button. Competency is low, whether you believe it or not. You're new to it. You can't expect to have it all down. So you're not used to, you're not the all-star anymore. That hits the ego a little bit. You know, your confidence might be through the roof, but that doesn't equal competency. Like it doesn't, you know. so. Uh, if you don't get the right help through this process, it's going to hurt both of those things. And you are now at risk of like not making it. But if you want to find your way through it, you need to understand too, it's not about being liked. It's about leading. And if you're focused on just trying to be liked, you're not going to earn real respect from your teams. Matter of fact, you're going to go to this people pleasing stage and nothing's going to get accomplished. It's okay to challenge your teams. It's okay to do stuff that they might not like, all right? 
it's not about being liked. You need to be a real leader. And that's when you can earn respect from your teams. That's when you're going to be able to lift them up and raise them to the occasion. You know, like, look, I love my little boy, but you know what? I'm going to make decisions for him sometimes. He's not going to like, you know, and I do it every day, actually. <laughs> this always something that I'm asking him to do. Sometimes just putting your shoes on. He doesn't like me for it, but I'm okay with that, you know, because I know I'm doing the right thing. You know, so it's the same with your teams. You're going to make decisions sometimes that are not going to be popular. You're going to have coaching conversations with them and call things out. They're not going to like hearing. But you know what? They'll respect you for it in the long run. Because sometimes saying things that people don't like hearing, it's a gift. That's feedback. And the greatest feedback I ever got in my career was the feedback that really annoyed the crap out of me. And I didn't want to hear it. It was the best feedback ever. It was a gift that has always been the best feedback. It's the feedback I didn't want to hear. The worst feedback I ever got was no feedback at all. And then I just got it at my like year-end evaluation. Oh, by the way, all year you've been struggling with this. I'm like, what? Why didn't you tell me? That's the thing. Your employees, your teams, they should always know where they stand with you. You know, always. And so, yeah, you can't focus on being everyone's best friend. What I see the most is I see new leaders go in and they try and be everybody's friend. They try and please everybody on the team. They try and be liked. They find out that all of a sudden, you know, your direct reports are now running the show and you've lost complete command of everything. You've lost total control of your team. As I say, the inmates start running the asylum. And then now you swing from one extreme all the way to the other. Now you're the new sheriff in town. And you're like, no, this is how things are being done. Good luck, man. You're going to be rebuilding an entire team soon. And one of the other things I see is when people go to people pleasing, they go to that one employee that's got an epic chip on their shoulder. They're always asking for stuff. They're always complaining about things. And it's like you finally help them get the thing they're always complaining about. Guess what? I was able to get you this thing. You've been asking this forever. Here you go. They're like, great. Thank you so much. But you know what I really need now? And it's like they don't even stop and say thank you. They don't, it doesn't fill their cup. They're always unhappy. And you're always going to be coaching this person. You're always going to be working on them just to get them to do the bare minimum. While you've got a whole group of other people who are starving for your attention. So it's a great way of losing your great you know, top performance if you're just trying to be liked and not lead. Because the quote is that I've heard before, I love this, that Managers do things right, but leaders do the right thing. And so leaders know when to take rules and guidelines and be flexible with them and move them and be able to do the right thing for their teams and not just do things by policy and by the book and just do things right. So it's a, it's a big tangent I could go on, but for the sake of time, I won't, I won't go any further than I already have. No, that's great. I, I, I love it. And, you know, just a, a recap, folks, for, for those that have been listening, uh, you know, we've talked about uh, plenty of things, but, you know, hire a coach, get somebody to help you out. Uh, don't be afraid of that. Uh, you didn't, uh, you didn't get there by yourself. So you've been coached all along anyway, right? So, yeah. uh, but get somebody that can actually do it at a professional level where, you are focused on you, that the focus is you, right? Where you can get development. Identify those voices 
those limiting beliefs. You know, those are, you know, what uh, Matt referred to the, the Goliaths of your life. Uh, and, yeah. I, and I know they are. Um, and own your values. Get some values where you can establish yourself and become that person that's firmly footed. Uh, because if you're a leader, you need to be firmly footed. Uh, delegate and follow up. Uh, I think that that's kind of like in the basics of what <laughs> leadership is, right? Uh, yeah. But you're right. You know, you, the leaders are usually those top performers that were workers, right? So it, they, they get confused. And, and it is a pitfall that we want you to avoid. Uh, and lastly, lead before being liked. I mean, it, it's true. We're going to make some decisions that are not uh, the, the most popular uh, but a true leader knows how to, like in your words, Matt, knows how to use the policies and, yeah. and, and does what is right for their people. Uh, if I Matt, was to give one bonus point, though, I would say outstanding, this. Outstanding, outstanding. This, this one bonus point would be this, is that you can't expect somebody else, like your company, to give you the training that you need. Like, because there are companies out there that just don't have the resources. They're going to promote and say, hey, things are crazy. Run with it. You know, you need to be the advocate for your own training and development, which means you got to first be brave enough to ask your company for what you need. And you also need to be your own advocate to try and seek training and development outside of that. Podcasts, books, having a coach, having a mentor. You need to be the advocate for your own training and development. Don't just expect somebody to give you what you need, what you think you need, you have to be your own advocate and seek it yourself. Outstanding. Well, uh, Matt, if if we had folks that wanted to reach out to you, how would they get a hold of you? Yeah, man. Thanks. Um, LinkedIn is a great place to find me. Uh, you can find me under my name. I know you'll have that listed there. You can't miss me. I got a ton of emojis in my headline. Um, and, uh, you can also find me on Instagram under, uh, at I am Matt Gagnon, which looks like Gagnon or at life story coaching. I got a bunch of exciting stuff going on right now. I'm working on some amazing webinar series. Um, I've been doing one-on-one coaching now for five years and I want to be able to serve even more people by offering something that's going to have a lower barrier to entry and serve people who are, uh, who are struggling financially like I was for a long time. So I've got some really cool stuff coming. I can't wait to share it. So if people are interested, reach out to me, Matt at lifestorycoaching.net. I'd be honored to serve. And like I said, it's sometimes it's not all about, you know, fierce coaching and, and getting in your face and doing all this stuff. Sometimes it's also about just holding space and allowing people to be vulnerable, allowing people to feel their emotions and having that range as a leader and a coach because you can't always be one extreme or the other. Sometimes you got to find that softer side. Sometimes you got to give that space for people to cry and feel. And other times you got to have that fierce courage to be able to speak truth into people. So it's about range. And I love offering that to people. I love that. And uh, I am sure to be put, putting that information down in the links. Folks, uh, if you are looking for a coach, not afraid, <laughs> hey, uh, give Matt uh, a call, give him a shout on the information that's being provided and matt once again thank you so much for being on the show uh we love the the tips that you've given and as in all things uh, for all my listeners out there uh success to you thank you brother. 
Thank you so much for tuning in. And I'd love to hear suggestions for our future shows or any remarks you may have that will help us improve. Until then, success to you.